Hello, everybody, and welcome into another season preview show here at the Hockey Writers Roundtable. And this is our Montreal Canadiens version here. I've got Blaine Potvin, Ryan Sporer here from the Hockey Writers, obviously. And we're going to be talking Montreal Canadiens and previewing the upcoming season, 2023-24 season. Uh, first of all, Blaine, how's it going? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, staying employed. <laughs> for sure. And Ryan, uh, first time we've had you on any of these videos. So, so welcome to the show. And how, how's it going? Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm doing okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Well, before we get going on the on the preview, let's talk a little bit what happened last season. Uh, Montreal Canadiens obviously didn't make the playoffs. They were last in the division, Atlantic Division, but had spurts of good hockey throughout the throughout the regular season. There was actually times we were actually talking about maybe they'll make the playoffs. Who knows? But then uh, ended up being that they kind of fell into the same type of. But they still kind of progressed. They, they had some good good performances from different rookies. Uh, Slavkovsky made the lineup, had a pretty good season before he got hurt. Um, you know, Kirby Doc had a really good season. You had you had some different names that actually had good season individually. So, um, you know, overall, I think the development of the of the different young players, the rebuild is is well on its way. Uh, Martin San Luis second season. Um, actually, full first full season as head coach. So uh, he, we'll see how he goes in his next season. But um, yeah, and then they they didn't really do anything in the off season. They really uh, kept it status quo. They they drafted uh, David Reinbacher in the draft and for their first pick, and then had a pretty good draft again to bolster the prospect pool. And uh, so I mean, the future's bright in Montreal. So let let's get started with the offense. And talk about the only real, real new addition that's going to be playing. I most likely will be making the lineup, and uh, Alex Newhook. And we'll start with you, Ryan. Uh, what do you think? Of, first of all, what do you think about him being added to the team, and uh, what will he bring to the lineup uh, for this very young Canadians team? I think he's um, he brings a talent. I think he's a speedy forward, and I think he's a welcome addition. Um, his acquisition was not without controversy in the sense that the Canadians gave up two relatively high draft picks to get him. But I think uh, general manager Kent Hughes sees him as, this is just speculation on my part, but I believe he's kind of seen as a redundancy down the middle as center is a position that he plays. And with Sean Matt Monaghan also having returned, but getting resigned to a one-year deal, I think that uh, Hughes sees Newhook as potentially being at least one option to center that second line in the medium term future. Yeah. I mean, he had a pretty good season in Colorado and uh, was one of their looked like building blocks in that for that team, but uh, obviously they're in a different position uh, than the Canadians in their development as a team. Um, Blaine, what do you think about new hook uh, being added to the Canadians and what do you think he'll bring the, to the team? I did like the acquisition. I, I agree with Ryan, the, uh, the price that was paid is going to raise some eyebrows. It sure did the day it happened. Um, first and a second is a pretty hefty price to pay mm -hmm. when they're fairly high picks. But for a player like this, someone who's just coming off his entry-level deal, who has the top six, up, uh, six upside that he has, especially with the speed that he plays at, that's going to be a very important factor for the Canadians. Um I don't think it hurt the, the fact that uh, Hughes was his agent yeah. when Hughes was still an agent. <laughs> so 
he knows the player. He knows his character. He knows what he can bring skill-wise. And the fact that he's going to be a very good fit with the Habs, I think, works. And I agree with Ryan in that he he's an option at center. But I don't think he's really the, the player they wanted to play center. He's there, again, like he mentioned, as a backup option. Mm. But he's going to be, in my opinion, he's going to be a top six winger. Yeah, so he he most likely. I mean, on daily faceoff in their projected lineup, they've got him on the wing. Uh, Christian Dvorak centering the second line. But uh, so let's dive. Well, before we dive into the actual forward group here, uh, there is another guy they acquired, Leas Anderson. I, you know, Blaine will keep it with you. Uh, what do you think about him? I mean, project. I mean, he didn't really hasn't really worked out in the NHL yet. Um, what do you think about him uh, being added? He's the new Dennis Gurianov. He's the guy that they they keep as a flyer, someone who, if he hits, great. If he doesn't, oh, well, it's a one-year deal. And at worst, he'll go down to the AHL and provide some veteran leadership for them. Uh, he's coming off an amazing season with the Ontario Reign last mm-hmm. year. And Laval could seriously use that offensive touch that he, that he brings at the AHL level. So it, it's really a, a calculated risk to bring in a guy that, Gorton picked in a in a top ten pick with the uh, with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan, what do you think about uh, Anderson upside? Uh, I mean, he's an older. I don't know. If he's not a prospect anymore, really. Um, but uh, twenty four years old, he still has a bit. He's kind of entering his prime. Uh, do you think he could kind of hit with the Canadians and kind of get something for nothing, really? Well, I mean, they got depth, um, and I think that. Well, he's he's obviously kind of um, he was signed as a favorite of Jeff Gordon, mm-hmm. who drafted him back when he was with the Rangers. Um, you know, Jeff Gordon being the executive vice president of hockey operations with the Canadians right now, uh, and obviously Anderson hasn't panned out as an, an uh, as an NHL forward up to this point. And considering the fact that I believe he signed a two way deal, I, I don't see him as being in line for a roster spot out of training camp uh, if everything shakes out the way it's intended to. Like Lance said, I think he's more of a, he should be more of a mainstay in the AHL with the Laval Rocket. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really hurt to have him. He's just, you know, more depth down the middle or on the, on the wing. And, you know, it's kind of a, one of those weird situations where if he pans out, something has gone terribly wrong. But, um, yeah, like it doesn't like it's a it's a good thing to have him in the organization, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, twenty four years old, I and mean, if he just is in the AHL, but is a good uh, guy for them because I mean they need scoring too. I mean, <laughs> they need the AHL team to be good. Um, yeah, thirty one goals last season, so. Um, that was a career high by a lot. I mean, his last career high was six goals, and he really hadn't had a lot of AHL time. That's his career high, even in AHL games. He had six played 67 games. His previous high was 15. So I mean, or so I mean, 42 games in the NHL is his career high in the NHL. But yeah, we'll see what happens with him. I don't know if he's going to be much of a needle mover in the NHL at all, but because they have a lot of young guys that are going to be playing up in the forward group. Let's get there. Let's go there now. And uh, I mean, obviously led by Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki up front on the top line. 
again. Um, they're they're the de facto leaders up there. Um, so I mean, let's let's go through and just Blaine, we'll start with you. Any storylines you kind of want to talk about in this forward group that are going to this season? Any burning questions you got? Um, training camp battles, uh, whatever you want to kind of talk about for this group. Well, I'm going to throw a grenade into this uh, this whole pit right now and uh, say that one question that I have that that going into this is, will they keep Suzuki and Caulfield together? Mm. There, there's serious doubt in my mind. Sure, they might start the season, but with all the other players that they have and the skills they bring, I can see these two being split up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would be. I mean, it would spread the offense out a bit. I mean, you're putting. Yeah, they have Suzuki, and then I mean, Caulfield will then have to be with the, obviously a lesser centerman uh, playing with them. But I think I think his ability to shoot the puck. I don't know if we really need. <laughs> he just has. He, and he's so quick too. So yeah, that that'd be an interesting yeah. thing to kind of see. Ryan, what about I, you? I do see uh, him. Well, just, oh, yeah, go ahead. I do see him with Doc. I do see him with Doc on that second line. Yeah. Or first line. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it, 1A, 1B. Um, yeah, Kirby Doc at center is is another interesting thing. In Chicago, they was kind of going back as well. It's not very good on face-offs. And I think that's his biggest thing. He's still got to develop in the NHL. Otherwise, I mean, line won't ever have the puck. So I mean he's gotta he's gotta develop that skill for sure. So Ryan, what do you think uh, about this forward group? Any questions you got? Uh, any players you kind of want to highlight? Uh, your floor is yours. Uh, well, actually, Doc is at center is kind of my uh, big question mark <laughs> in the sense that, well, I, I'll just go off. I'll just kind of disagree respectfully with what Blanc suggested. I, I don't see Caulfield and Suzuki being split up. I think it's going to be more a search for you know, that complimentary winger and Doc is the player that showed the most chemistry with those two last year uh, before Sean Monaghan got injured in December, um, a season-ending injury. Um, Monaghan had been, you know, acquired just primarily for that first-round pick that the Canadians got from from the Calgary Flames and no one knew what to expect from him. Mm -hmm. And just prior to that acquisition, the Canadians had obviously acquired Doc at at the draft back in 2022. And he was uh, literally uh, acquired specifically to play that second line center position. But Monahan ended up winning it for all intents and purposes, got injured. And then Doc was thrown into that position because of the injury situation. And, you know, face off taking ability, notwithstanding, he, he flourished for all intents mm-hmm. and purposes. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Canadians do because they obviously went out and re-signed Monahan. And if the two players are, you know, deployed in the fashion in which they were most successful last year. They're going to put Monaghan back at center and Doc back on the wing. Um, because I think Doc is really the only real option to play on that line with Caulfield, Suzuki. Anderson is an option, but he, the three of them never really showed much chemistry. So I think it's Doc on that top line, Monaghan on that second line at center. Yeah, Monaghan being re-signed was uh, interesting because a lot of people didn't want, weren't sure that was going to happen, right? And uh, he's he was very effective. <laughs> he basically got him for nothing. And uh, he was actually a really good player for the Canadians. So uh, we'll see what he does this season for sure. Um, for me, Slavkovsky's the one that I'm going to be watching again. I mean, he, he's, he had a really good rookie season before he got hurt. But uh, 
you know, we'll see what he does in this next season. I mean, you know what? He's, he's ridiculously young still. I mean, you get, he's got so much potential in the NHL and we'll see what type of development he gets. Uh, hopefully plays a full season uh, this year too. And um, kind of develops a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to be watching him in the forward group uh, and see where he goes. I mean, right now he's projected to be on the third line, um, but with new hook coming in. So, I mean, I think, I think that may be better for him uh, to be de- lower in the lineup and face maybe some lesser defenders and stuff like that. But uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Cause I, I really like Slavkovsky's game. So I, I hope he plays the whole year and has, and does well. I think we all do. <laughs> he's not a rookie anymore, unfortunately, right? I think he's played too many games, so he's not. Wouldn't be that Calder thing. I believe he played thirty-nine games last year, so I think he he has. He's no longer eligible. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, obviously, it's going to be led by those two guys we talked about, Caulfield and Suzuki, again, and they'll probably be leading the team in uh, in goals, points, and all that. But someone may. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. We have some burn, uh, quick fire questions uh, later on. We'll, we can answer that. All right. Moving on to the defense, which didn't have any real changes. Uh, they reacquired Jeff Petrie and then traded him away. So really that <laughs> he didn't really do. He's not being added at all. He was there and gone. But uh, again, led by Mike Matheson, David Savard uh, up front on the veteran guys, but uh you know, Arbor Jack guy, Caden Gooley, I, I argue they're probably the leading guys now. I mean, um, you know, so uh, let's move on that. Ryan, what do you think about the defense going in? Uh, anything that could change from last season? Uh, anyone that kind of could push their way into the lineup that didn't play last year? Well, I mean, you've got the acquisition, the player that Canadians acquired from the Red Wings for Petrie in Gustav Lindstrom. Right, Lindstrom, right. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be interesting to watch what he does on the right side. Uh, if he's able to rest, uh, a spot away from, for example, Justin Barron, who, uh, is, um, waiver exempt, he can still be sent down. So it remains to be seen how the Canadians play that situation. Um, because I think Barron had been on the path of earning a permanent spot last year. And now this kind of this trade kind of throws a wrench into that. Uh, I think Barron has the higher ceiling, um, but you know the Canadian uh, Kent Hughes said when once the, he had acquired Lindstrom that they see him as having reached only seventy percent of his ceiling up to now. So it shows that maybe they have faith in him. Like they don't see him purely as a depth option. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. Gustav Lindstrom, I don't know why he slipped my mind. He was the one that was acquired for, for Jeff Petrie. Um, so, I mean, he he could end up being – he was projected to be a seventh defenseman in Detroit. So, I don't know how he's going to do in, in Montreal with all that young talent that they got up, up there. Blaine, what do you think about the defense going into this season? Uh, quite a few bodies there uh, that could potentially – like Justin Barron there. He's not on this projected lineup I'm looking at. Um Gustav Lindstrom isn't either. So what do you think uh, going into this season, what is going to look like? Well, I think Ryan nails the uh, the waiver exemption, I think is going to be the biggest factor in their selection of the lineup. Uh, I think that the real competition for Lidstrom is going to be uh, Kovacevic mm. in the long run 
for now, yes, I agree. It's uh, it's Baron, but in watching Baron pl- uh, skate this summer, he has gotten a little bit faster and a little bit stronger. So it, even if he starts in the AHL, I do honestly believe he's going to finish the season in Montreal and he's going to cement himself there. But the real competition for me is on the left side because they're just, they're swamped. Um, and, and you mentioned Gooley and Jackeye as two guys that are going to be anchoring that side. But I think Harris is really going to make a real play for this. Mm. Uh, he is one of those steady Eddie, never, you know, you never hear his name, which is a good thing as a defenseman sometimes. And we might see a little bit more offense out of him this year. So in my opinion, he's, he's a, a surefire second pairing kind of guy. And that might push Jack Eye out for a little while until they start getting into the season a little bit more where the games get a little tougher and Jack Eye brings that element that Harris doesn't really have. Yeah, that, that's a, yeah, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I just think that it, what they did last year was they kind of uh, employed a rotation in and out of the lineup for their young defenseman. Um, and I think that that's, Maybe not the best long-term strategy, but because of that logjam on defense, it's what you know we might end up seeing. Because I I don't see the Canadians putting Jack Eye in the minors in spite of his you know waiver exemption status. Um, I think that they've got effectively if you if you include Chris Weidman, who I think they're going to end up uh, demoting, they've got nine defensemen in all. If, memory serves uh, buying for, you know, NHL caliber players for all intents and purposes, buying for spots. So, yeah. And it's going to be interesting. Like, you know, I keep saying it's going to be interesting, but you know, there's <laughs> a lot of intrigue heading into training camp. It seems like the defense is one we're going to have to be watching because the, the forward group, I mean, there could be some movement in their third and fourth lines maybe, but I think, I think their defense is going to be interesting to see who wins those spots. And like you say, with the waivers and all that, and there's going to be any moves, any trades too of some of these guys. So I, it's going to, it is going to be interesting. That's a, that's a, that's a good word to go. So interesting, intriguing, whatever, whatever word you want to choose. All right. Well, let's, let's move to the goaltending, which was some more intriguing. And, you know, now that they've added Casey DeSmith to that uh, trio, I uh, got Jake Allen to Smith now and Montembeau and then Caden Primo uh, in the, in the minors. So basically four guys, I don't know if Primo is going to have any chance of making, you know, cracking it, but um, Blaine, what do you think about this? Is Casey to Smith, a guy that they're going to just going to trade? Cause there was some speculation that we're just going to flip them after that hasn't happened. Um, but what do you think about this? Uh, basically three headed monster going into this season uh, on, on in goal. Well, the, the news out of Montreal right now is that uh, DeSmith is the odd man out that uh, Hughes is really trying to move out of town. Uh, he wants to give him that certainty of where he's going to play next year, mm. just like he did with Petrie. Um, so I do expect to see him move before anybody else. As for Primo, um, he had a really difficult year last year, and I don't really blame him all mm. for that. I mean... Yeah, he had some bad moments, but I don't think he was really ready. And the fact that everybody else was hurt, forcing him in, didn't do him any favors. So I think they hurt his development in the long run. And if he can clear waivers and play in the AHL full-time this year, that would help him. Mm. 
that's an injury. I mean, I don't know what, again, it's, it's so interesting to see after training camps of with waivers, like, can you sneak guys through waivers? I don't know. Like with Primo, they may be able to uh, depending on how everyone else kind of looks in goal, but that's going to be interesting. Uh, Ryan, what do you think uh, about this goaltending situation? Like looks like the Smith may be out. So he may not even be part of this discussion uh, during the regular season. Uh, but what do you think about the goaltending going into this season? Huh. I think uh, Samuel Montembeau is the number one goalie. I think that's the only thing that we know for with reasonable certainty. Um, I think it's the likeliest option that Jake Allen backs him up. But I think the Smith, yeah, I mean, the if you put your ear to the ground, you're hearing that the Canadians are trying to move him. But I think the Smith is a superior goalie to Allen especially based if you take their two contracts into consideration. If Allen is indeed the backup and let's call a spade a spade, he's worse than Montembeau. Mm. You're paying him 3.85 million, I think, as a cap hit um, to be a backup. And that's less than ideal. So the thing is, you can't really trade that contract either because it's so less than ideal for a backup. So what do you do? Um, If, if, I had my way, and I obviously don't. Uh, <laughs> I I would I would demote Jake Allen to the AHL and have him mentor uh, Jakub Dobesh, who's mm. their heir apparent. Um, that he because Primo's development has stagnated so much, unfortunately, um, he's kind of the next uh, hope in net for the mm. Canadian development starter. Of course, if Montembeau doesn't doesn't pan out. And I think Alan would be better served in that role. And, you know, you're, you're probably going to lose one of the Smith or Primo via trade or waivers. Um, before the Smith was acquired, I, I hoped that maybe the Canadians would, you know, demote Allen and promote Primo. Now that the Smith has been acquired, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I say, threw a wrench in there. <laughs> it, it, it's going to be, that's going to be a big story. I think going into training campus, who, how they're going to kind of work with this because yeah, Jake Allen based on salary, he's the starter, but he's not really. Um, Montembeau had the better season last year as well, I believe. So, I mean, it, those two guys, if you have, if you have Montembeau and DeSmith as your tandem, that's a really cheap tandem. It's only 2.8 million. Um, as a cap hit, so not bad. And, uh, and very, it's pretty sorry, good. very Allen though. You'd have to like penalty as well, so you'd have to factor that. Sure. But again, I don't envision that happening. So just me being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that that's true. That they would be that penalty as well. So yeah, I mean, he his contract goes till twenty twenty five twenty six, which are kind of, hey, yeah, it, it's hard when you're a rebuilding team. You got that type of. Uh, a contract on the books. It's not massive, but it still still makes things difficult. All right. Well, we've gone through the offense, defense, and goaltending. Uh, Blaine, I'll start with you. How does this team stack up in this division now? Um, Atlantic division is is not for the faint of heart. There's many good teams in this division. Um, lots of up-and-coming ones, too. I, I mean, it could be that the Montreal Canadiens end up being last again. Um, because the Buffalo Sabres are going to be better this year. You got the Ottawa Senators are also on the up and up Detroit Red Wings. Um, where do they fit? Are they last again, unfortunately? Um, or uh, do they take a big step and kind of 
maybe step by some of these teams. Blaine, I can't hear you. Yeah, we lost some. Oh, my apologies. Um, okay. Yeah, so the odds makers are saying that the Canadians are definitely going to be dead last, but we're looking <laughs> at teams like the Bruins who have kind of lost some pieces. Uh, Tampa Bay's t- lost a step or two. Toronto, we're not sure what's going on there. Uh, I agree, Buffalo looks like they should be a little bit better, but I, I see Montreal being able to steal a few points here and there, and they might be in the mix for, say, fifth. Mm. It's not bad. <laughs> it's a it's a it's better than eight. <laughs> Ryan, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, do they take a step forward? I mean, obviously, everyone would probably want them to get another really good draft pick, but uh, you got to take take a step forward sometime. I mean, I thought I was optimistic, but fifth, wow. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, I can't go that high. Uh, I think they're gonna because I I don't think Boston is going to fall off a cliff after the record-setting season, although they will obviously be worse. And I think Toronto's going to make another run at it for because, you know, this is, I believe, Austin Matthews' last season under contract. Yeah. Uh, William Nylander, too, if memory serves. Uh, Tom Bay, I think that the long offseason will do them wonders. Um, and then you've got all those teams above the Canadians who were, you know, again, who they themselves are on the verge of taking that next step. I, I see the Canadians as, yes, being better i I'm significantly so because um you know after their last place season they gained i believe 13 points in the standings to 68 points last season so it's i don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that they you know you know fall to within like you know 80 85 points and i think that they're gonna end up placing seventh i i do believe they're gonna be in the mix at the trade deadline to the point where you're not really certain if they're gonna be buyers or sellers but ultimately uh common sense will win out and they will be sellers and miss the playoffs yeah i mean like i say the atlantic is is still tough i mean boston's going to take a step back they lost their top two centermen i mean and they haven't really replaced them at all um so i mean they're, they're going to take a step back but i said that last season with all the injuries that didn't happen so you're I, wrong i was totally wrong way off <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll see who. What are these big powers? There's gonna be. Like I've said in the past that there's going to be a change in the guard at one point where all these teams like Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal are just gonna flip, and all of Florida, Tampa, Toronto, Boston are gonna be at the bottom because their prospect pools, all those teams aren't very strong. So I mean, I think there's gonna be, but obviously I don't think this season, but it's gonna be soon. All right, let's move to our quick fire round. And these are all pretty quick questions. A little bit of explanation, not just the player, but I mean, but really quick. Let's start with our first one. Uh, Blaine, we'll start with you. Pick one or two breakout stars this season. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Cole Caulfield, who's going <laughs> who's finally going to break the four again. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's 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 tricky. Ooh. But no, I, I see Caulfield being able to break that forty goal mark. But um, for the other one, I would, I would probably say uh, Gooley. We're going to see a little bit more offense out of him, and we'll he'll solidify himself as a as a true top four defenseman. 
I like that. Uh, Gooley had a really good season last, and his, I mean, I don't think anyone anticipated him to take that big of a step last season. So I think, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Ryan, what do you think? Uh, breakout stars. I was going to take Caulfield's because I agree. I think uh, <laughs> he's ready to become, you know, a forty goal scorer if not more. Um, but I'll I'll say Doc because I believe he only scored like thirty eight points. But had he played an entire season, he would have been on pace for over fifty. And I think he's going to get that time on the top line to the point where he'll uh, eclipse 60 um, and uh, establish himself as, I think he's already seen as a member of the core, but uh, he's definitely going to make a few Blackhawks fans regret, rude the day that they ever traded him. I mean, <laughs> Connor Bedard softens the blow a lot. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean doc had, had a high ceiling i think he still does i do agree i think he he still has some a major upside in the nhl very young still all right let's go to the other side uh blaine bounce back uh who needs to bounce back this season there's so many um <laughs> but i think the one that desperately needs a bounce back more than anybody else is uh yol armia he he just he looks so disinterested. You you watch him in the playoffs when they went on that Stanley Cup run. He was in the mix on every play, and now it's just kind of like he's coasting. Mm-hmm. So if, if he wants to keep his job in Montreal or just stay in the NHL after this contract, he really needs to step up his play in this season. Yeah, I didn't really notice. Usually notice his name a lot more, and I didn't really uh, at all last season. So yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Uh, who needs to bounce back this season? Uh, Brendan Gallagher is my vote. Um, just because, I mean, I don't know if it's possible. I'd love for him to. <laughs> I don't think it's possible for a variety of reasons, namely his his injury history, yeah. but also the fact that that lineup up front is so deep that I don't know if he gets an opportunity to play in the top six, which would mm-hmm. help at his numbers. Um, he's coming off a 14 point season. If I'm reading these numbers on my other monitor, right. Um, and that is the lowest total he's ever scored in an NHL season. And it, his production has just gotten worse over the last few seasons. And it's understandable why, um, you know, he scored 14 points. when it was in 37 games. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he can stay healthy. And if he scores over 30, I think it'll be considered a, a huge success for him, for Canadians. And they can continue to live with that monstrous contract that Bergeron is signing to. I love Gallagher. I, I hope he does, too, because I've loved his game since he was with the Vancouver Giants here. So uh, I'm hoping that I mean, he's much older and uh, obviously not the same player anymore, but I think he can still be effective in a role. A uh, third, fourth line guy, because uh, he can still play that that style. All right. Uh, Blaine, an X factor this season. Um, X factor. I think Christian Dvorak could be that X factor. How he plays if he. If he plays the way he could, he would solidify that that top nine center role. And I think that would ma- have a massive impact up the lineup because he'll be eating more of the defensive minutes, freeing up some time for Suzuki, who will in turn have more offense. And it it's a domino effect. So mm-hmm. f- to me, that's the X factor. How does Dvorak perform this season? Yeah, that's a good one for sure. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? I mean, 
depends how you define X Factor. Because for me, it's Montembeau because yeah. the entire season hinges on him. Uh, maybe that's too strong work because I don't see that making the playoffs no matter what. But <laughs> uh, I think that if he plays the way he did last season, which was very well, um, you know, his his stats line isn't anything to really you know write home about. Uh, 901 save percentage, 3.44 goals against average, if, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, his goal saved above expected was among the league leaders. Mm. And if you just watch the games, you could tell that, you know, he was consistently bringing it. And this was like the first time in his career where you saw him as being something more than a third stringer. Mm. And now it's his time to determine how high that ceiling is. Uh, if he's capable of being a number one goalie, because this is his, he's a pending unrestricted free agent. Yeah. So he still needs to be resigned and he's playing for a contract. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I don't know how it's going to go. I, mm. I don't know if he, if last year was a flash in the pan. I don't know if it was a step towards something greater for him. I don't know if he's going to regress. Um, but all that having been said, it's clear that he's going to be given the chance to see what he can do because Canadians can't have it any other way. They need to know because do they resign him? Do they not? Yeah. And uh, how much <laughs> too? Cause uh, he's only on a million one right now. So um, obviously it can probably be more, but that's going to be interesting to watch for sure. Right, let's move to some young guys. I will stay with you with this, Ryan, uh, a rookie or a prospect that could surprise and make the roster of training camp. No one's expecting. Yeah, I'm going to say Sean Farrell. Um, kind of going off the board because, again, no one ex is expecting him uh, because <laughs> of that log jam up front. Um, but, you know, he did get in games with Canadians last season after having left NCAA. And I think it was more so just to, you know, give him the experience. Um, and, uh, you know, many kind of felt like he was underwhelming. And, I, you know, I can't really disagree. But... You know, you can't really dismiss his his uh, college collegiate career, mm -hmm. and I think that he's going to use that training camp as kind of. I don't think, but I think he has the potential to use training camp as a launching pad to securing uh, a roster spot because he he has all the tools. Yeah, I like I love Sean Farrell, so I like that answer. <laughs> Blaine, what do you think? I think if we're going for a surprise, uh, I would say Owen Beck. This last uh, the last training camp, he showed up without a contract, and he stayed to the last day. earned a de earned his deal, earned a game, looked amazing all year long. Uh, I think he could win a spot, but I don't think he would stick because in the long run, he'd be better served to play in junior one more year, mm -hmm. play in the World Juniors one more time. But if anyone's going to surprise, I, I think it's him. He's got he's got that. <laughs> to steal a, a quote from the earlier question, an X factor that he can bring to the game. Yeah, I I think he's, I mean, probably not good. I mean, I don't know if it's bad for his development if he does, but if, if he looks like he's ready, why not? Um, but yeah, I think better served he does just playing junior again, get that extra experience, but who knows? He could do it. All right, I threw this in. I didn't, I don't know if you guys saw this extra one, but uh Blaine, I'll start with you. Uh, prospect to watch that is not in the NHL or outside the NHL. So AHL, OHL, whatever. Can't pick Owen back because you just did. <laughs> Damn. Um, Cedric Gaindon. 
I think that's someone that we should really keep an eye on. That's watching him last year. He took a massive step forward in his game uh, in both directions, forward uh, offense and defense. And, and this year he's in that final year of uh, the Canadians being able to sign him before going back in the draft. So he, he wants to win that contract. Mm. So I really want to see what he does with that pressure on him because he, he, he responded well last year and I want to see what happens this year. Nice. All right, Ryan, what do you think uh, prospect to watch outside? I don't know why I said outside the NHL because obviously they're outside the NHL, but uh, <laughs> just a prospect to watch. Uh, David Reinbacher, I think that's the only yes. way to get me. Um, it's for the second straight year the Canadians uh, went, well, made a controversial selection with their first round pick. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of, he's going to face a lot of scrutiny in terms of how he plays in his uh, D plus one year. Um, and Canadians fans, I, I think everyone's, well, they should be pulling for him mm. because, you know, that right, the Canadians drafted for need, in my opinion, by going with him. So there is a need and a need that he potentially fills if he, you know, he's seen as kind of the safe, you know, top four defenseman. But, you know, he does have the potential for, you know, eliteness. And I think people are going to be watching him with wide eyes to see if he's close to attaining that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Reinbacher is going to be interesting to see how he does. Uh, I mean, he's going to be another season, most likely, in Europe. Uh, and with a really good uh, Swiss league, I think uh, he's going to get a lot of opportunity again there. Okay, this is a quick one. Uh, Blaine, who will lead the team in scoring on forwards and defense? Uh, points or goals? Because uh, Caulfield is the hands-down winner in that in the goal side. In goals, for but, sure. Uh, yeah, we can go both. Yeah. <laughs> well, points-wise, I think Suzuki is going to lead the way again. All right, Ryan, what do you think? Same thing, or you got someone else kind of uh, surprising and doing it? <laughs> I'd like to be contrarian and say Armia, but I don't think that's going to fly. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Suzuki. <laughs> that's an easy, easy answer for sure. Uh, all right. Fast forward to the trade deadline or around the trade deadline. Ryan, who do you think is going to be traded? Oh, at the trade deadline. Oh, or wow. around it. What before the trade deadline? Well, um, I, I think the Smith is going to be traded way before the deadline. Yeah. Um, I think that Sean Monaghan is on everyone's minds is going at the trade line or close to it. I'm just not sure because I do believe that the Canadians are going to be, like I said, in contention for a playoff spot. And it remains to be seen how they t you know, approach the trade deadline. And if they do, can they really justify moving Monaghan, who projects as being a core piece of their forward core? I, I don't know. I think that it, it, maybe the allure of what he can bring back will be too strong for Kent Hughes to ignore and, you know, he'll fetch like a first round pick or something. <laughs> Most likely, if you say, especially as a, a similar season to last year. Uh, Blaine, what do you think? Uh, who's getting traded before the deadline? Well, Ryan stole my names, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to go go with someone else. I think Lindstrom is the mm. most likely to go on the, on the blue line. Cheap contract, you know, teams are always looking for defensive depth and, and he fits that bill. Uh, and a surprise one, I wouldn't be that surprised if he did move. It's Dvorak because mm. teams always want a cheap center. 
Yeah. Especially for their bottom six. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting again, especially if the Canadians are, you know, selling at the deadline, who knows who could be traded. So um, that's going to be interesting. I mean, these ones are always fun. Uh, bold prediction slash hot take for this season. Uh, start with you, Blaine. I think I already did one. Did probably a few, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so my, my predictable, bold prediction, if absolutely, and I mean absolutely everything goes right for Montreal, no injuries, and the other teams stumble, they could finish fifth in their division. That's my hot take. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that's a good one for sure. Ryan, do you have a, a bold prediction hot take for this season? I'm glad you didn't say they're going to make the playoffs. That was, <laughs> oh, God, no. I'm not, I haven't drank yet. <laughs> my, my bold prediction, and I might get some hate for this, is I, I, I think that Slepkowski gets demoted at some point, if not out of training camp. Um, I mean, maybe... I. I I don't think his rookie season was all that good, if I'm being honest. Um, he had 10 points in 3-9 games. He had flashes of what he could be. But I think that he has room for improvement to withstand the rigors of an everyday NHL schedule. And, um, yeah, he's be- best served uh, playing, getting more minutes in the in the AHL because the 13 minutes he was getting in you know with the Canes last year wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. I mean, uh, maybe better for his development if he's not playing a lot in the NHL to uh, to get that time. So, um, yeah, could definitely happen for sure. All right, let's finish this show off. I we already kind of predicted where they are in the standings, so I added this question in. Uh, Ryan, what would constitute a successful season for the Canadians? I mean, is it finishing higher than they did last year? Is it uh, just more development for the prospects. What do you think? Uh, what would be a success? What would you call this a success at the end of this season? Um, because yeah, they're in a weird position where whatever they do, they're kind of in a good place. If they make the playoffs, wow, <laughs> not going to happen. But if they do, ho- holy mother of God, that <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> everyone's going to be ecstatic. If they just miss the playoffs, I think that's what some people are expecting they'll be on track with their rebuild and, you know, everything will be okay, even though, you know, they'll end up in no man's land with regard to the draft. And if everything goes off the rails, they'll be getting another high draft pick. And so whatever they do, they're golden for all intents and purposes. So I'll just say a successful season is a healthy season. Yeah, that that's a good one. That's a good one for sure. Uh, Blaine, what do you think? What would be, what would make this a successful season for the Canadians? They can find that star for Mario Brothers, so they can be invincible. That'd be great. Nobody yeah. get hurt. Um, <laughs> but for a successful season, I think uh, it's kind of along the lines of what Ryan was ta- uh, talking about. In that, they they are playing with house money, so they can do whatever mm. they want. Uh, it's giving role a larger roles to the younger players as often as possible, whether it gives them a win or not. That doesn't matter to me how they perform during those opportunities and the more they're given for me, that's a success. If they can improve their players, develop these young guys, because this is what the goal is. That would be a, a success because no matter what happens, 
I still figure the Canadians are going to be somewhere between eight and 13 mm. at, at the draft. So high pick, everybody gets extra ice time, uh, less injuries. Yeehaw. <laughs> You're going to get a really good defenseman in that 8-13 to 13 spot, too. And so many good yes. defenders in this 2024 draft coming up. So if you need defense, this is the draft to do it. <laughs> but uh, thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Blaine, for, uh, for coming on the show, previewing this upcoming season. We'll see how much changes before we actually get the season started, because we are still uh, relatively far away, I guess. But uh, it's it's interesting. There's quite a few different storylines we can talk about the Canadians. We talked about quite a few. But um, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, before we leave, uh, Blaine, where can everyone find you on Twitter, uh, social media? So uh, I'm under my own name, Blaine Padvay, uh, on pretty much every social media platform you can find. Um, also, Habs Unfiltered. Uh, you can find me uh, managing that along with my uh, hockey writer's partner, Treg Wilson. Uh, who unfortunately couldn't fit in the screen because he's been lifting too many weights. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's where you can find me. Ryan, what Ryan, what about you? On the Hockey Riders, writing every few days, and on Twitter, uh, with my handle being my first initial and my last name, so R-S-P-O-R-E-R. R -S -Z -P -O -R -E -R. Nice. All right, yeah, make sure you're following them on, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to be calling that thing right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so follow us. Always follow us on on uh, Twitter as well. The Hockey Writers, Hockey Writer, and uh, also check out thehockeywriters.com for all of our preview stuff uh, from both these writers from the Montreal Canadiens writing team. They got stuff coming out every day, previewing the upcoming season in written form. But uh, make sure checking all that out. Follow us on on uh, YouTube here as well. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And uh, give this video a like, share it with your friends, and throw us some comments. What do you think the Canadians will, will be this season previewing as well? So um, until next time, we will see you on another preview show here on the Hockey Writers Roundtable.